following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. Amen. If you would go ahead and take those buckets and, and pass it on down, drop the connection cards in there, drop your offering in there. Um, if you don't have any money, get the person's wallet next to you and just take that and believe that God will do some extraordinary things in their life as you give their money. Amen. You know, I notice whenever I give my credit card to my son and he goes and he picks up like Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever, he is real generous on a tip um, when I'm paying for it. And um, I think that's awesome that he is. Y'all have to figure out which son I'm talking about. All right. Hey, let's stand up. We're going to make some declarations over our life. We believe the tongue has the power of life and death. Hey, today I'm going to be talking about the issue of prayer. Um, just kind of finishing up a little bit from last week, but when Jesus said that, he said, when you pray, say. Man, I can't, I can't emphasize enough the power of your words. They are, they're filled with life when you declare the word of God. And so I just want to encourage you in 2017, say, you know what, I'm going to go to a whole nother level. If you have come here for a while and it's kind of freaking you out a little bit and you've sat there and be quiet, maybe you can start whispering under your breath what we're declaring. And if you've been whispering under your breath for a while, maybe you can start kind of saying it out loud where you can actually hear it. And if you have been just saying it out loud where you can actually hear it, maybe you can start being a little more demonstrative and declaring it. Because something really does happen when we're speaking words of life. See, they start setting our heart right. They start changing everything about us. So let's make these declarations. God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Amen. You believe that? Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 11. I'm going to pick up, like I said, where I left off last week. Luke chapter 11, verse 2. If you missed last week, I always encourage you to go back and listen to the podcasts. Um, I know sometimes people have to be out of town and are gone for different things, but um, you can listen to our podcast and kind of stay up with where we're at and things that we're teaching because the, the kingdom principles of God are, are intermingled. And, and it's sometimes it's, it's like math. If you don't understand subtraction and all you understand is addition, when you get into compound numbers, you start getting into problems when you don't know how subtraction works. And so if you miss a week, I encourage you to go listen to that message. Or if you heard it and you go, wow, man, Pastor Rich really did a good job, go back and listen to it again so you can grab a few more things out of it. Because the more we're hearing the word of God, that's how faith is built in our hearts and lives. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. It's one of the reasons why in your prayer life, I want to encourage you to pray the word of God over your life. If you do that, you're, you're going to see your whole faith level begin to rise in, in your life. So last week, we began a series called The One Thing. And in this series, we went to discover the answer to this question. What is the one thing in your life that by doing it, everything else in your life would either be easier or unnecessary? Now, that's a question that comes out of a book, again, by Gary Keller called The One Thing. And it, it's a, I even encourage you to read it at the beginning of the year. Because I think there's going to be a few things that are going to happen. First of all, as children of God, I'm going to talk about today about what, again, what I think our one thing really is. But you also have a one thing. You have something that you were designed and created to do. You are a 10 in something. And when you discover what your one thing is, suddenly you begin to focus on that. It impacts and it changes you and it changes your world. 
See, the Bible talks about how we are the body of Christ. And so every person that comes here sometimes has a feeling, well, I'm not a valuable part of the body of Christ. I'm telling you, you're invaluable. You, you have incredible value. You are actually priceless in the body of Jesus Christ. Because there's something that you have that I need. There's something that I have that you need. This person you're sitting next to, they have something that you need and you have something that they need. And when we are all functioning as the body of Christ in our one thing, because you're wired to do something, we want to help discover, you discover what that is through our growth track. When you discover that, suddenly you in your life start going to a whole nother level. You start making a larger impact because Christianity was never designed to be something that happened on Sunday that we left here on Sunday. Your relationship with God is not compartmentalized that you come in and for a time of prayer and a time of worship and you say, all right, God, thank you. I'll see you next week when I come back. No, we are to take God with us. We're to take the principles that we're learning with us and apply them and walk them out every day in our lives. That's one of the reasons why when I'm preaching, I'm asking you to dialogue and connect with me. Because it's easy, I know, when someone else is speaking to get into la-la land. Right? You start thinking about everything else. You get distracted. And just so you know, I can see it in your eyes when you get that glazed over look. And suddenly I can tell you're really not there anymore. And what I want to do is I want to walk down off the platform, similar to what I'm doing right now. I want to just kind of walk down here and start having a conversation with you. How's it going? Great to see you, Robert today because I, I can see what's going on but it's not about me taking role it's about me you connecting with the word and the promises of God about you understanding God's purpose and plan for your life Mitchell's never going to sit up front again it's that's what it's about so God's speaking to us all all the time what we have to learn how to do is we have to learn how to engage in what God is saying to us I went to Bible school, and in Bible school, there was a thing on Tuesdays called Missions Chapel, and missionaries came to speak. No offense against missionaries, but a lot of times they have a, a very broad range of things that they actually do. They're building things, or, and so speaking typically for them was not their sweet spot, and so sometimes it got a little boring, and I would just kind of go, oh, man, missionary chapel, I'm going to have to just kind of endure this, but I began to understand that if I would engage and listen, I got something out of what anybody is saying. Now, I think that I'm a decent speaker, and so I think that there's some things that God wants to speak to you that I may not actually say, but God wants to speak to you if you'll engage with him. If you'll begin to understand, and what happens is the one thing that's in your life begins to be developed, Christ becomes the center of your life, and suddenly your life starts working. It's like I've said before, it's like a country western record playing backwards, man. You get your dog back, you get your truck back. The door stops squeaking. Things start working in your life and you're going, man, how did this happen? But, but see, the, the problem is, is that typically in life we don't have live in aha moments. Have you had an aha moment when you're sitting in a service or you were reading a devotion and suddenly God just jumped out at you and you went, wow, that's so amazing. I love that. But can I tell you, most of life is lived in the everyday moments of life. In fact, I used to get frustrated, and I've shared this with you guys before, when I would preach messages and I'd ask people, okay, so what did I preach on last week? And they'd go, uh, I can't remember. And I'd be kind of frustrated until I recognized I couldn't remember either what I'd preached on last week. And I was talking to my brother about this one day, because I spend a lot of time preparing for messages, and I was talking to my brother about this, and I was saying, man, it's, it's so frustrating sometimes to spend all this time and people don't remember it. He said, yeah, but you fed them food for that day. 
And sometimes we're being fed and we're growing and we don't recognize we're growing. And so we sometimes, if we're not careful, can get disconnected from the one thing in our life, from Jesus, because it doesn't seem like things are happening. We're praying about stuff, believing God for stuff, and things aren't changing. So we go, well, I guess that really doesn't work. And we don't recognize it's changing. Prayer always changes things. It starts by changing you. You become different. Your circumstances then become different. So it's about the one thing in our lives. And so one of the things that I'm pretty passionate about as our one thing is a relationship with God. I think that the relationship with God needs to be at the center of our focus in our lives. That we are allowing our relationship with God to be the priority of our lives. Now, I'm not saying it's the only priority in your life. Because there's all kinds of other good priorities in your life. Like the priority of your spouse. The priority of your children. The priority of your extended family. The priority of your friends and neighbors. The priority of your calling. That, that calling that's on your life that has eternal purpose. The priority of your work. There, there are a lot of other good and important priorities. The challenge is, is to keep all of the priorities in their right place. Because it's pretty easy for number four priority to jump into number one spot. Or number three, our family becomes more important than God. Our work becomes more important than God. And we've got to make sure that Jesus is the most important thing, that he is the priority of our life. That we're working everything around him, not trying to fit him into our life when we can. Because just like the the illustration that we just saw, if you're going to try to put God in at the last, he's just not going to fit in your life. But when you put him first, everything else in in your life starts working. Listen, that relationship with us was important to God too. While it's important for us to have a relationship with God, the relationship that God wanted to have with us was important to him too. That's why he sent his son, Jesus, to develop a relationship with us. He came for us, as us, to connect with us so that he could redeem us. So that he could do something in our lives that we couldn't do for ourselves. So through a relationship with us, he's provided an abundant life here and now and eternal life forevermore. And I want to go back and say that abundant life here and now to remind you again that God wants you to have an abundant life here and now. His word says, I came that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Listen, if you don't take any other scripture out of here today, take that scripture out of here to understand that's God's heart towards you, God's heart for you. But the only thing that stops God working in our lives is not our wrong behavior. It's our unbelief. God, I don't believe that. I don't trust you with that. And and unbelief is very subtle because it sneaks up on us. We believe in one moment and then we have some challenges to it and we don't recognize it, but we start playing doubtful things in our mind and suddenly we're not believing God's promises anymore. So God wants us to have an abundant life. So Jesus had this relationship with his father and the disciples noticed that Jesus had this relationship with his father. And they noticed that because of the relationship that Jesus had with his heavenly father, it changed everything that happened around Jesus. Miracles happened around Jesus. Do you realize as followers of Jesus Christ, miracles are happening around us, but God wants miracles to happen around us to a greater level. Have you thought about the fact that Jesus told you and I to go and heal the sick? 
It, that's staggering to think because what we think is Jesus told us to go pray for the sick, but Jesus actually told us to go heal the sick because the power of the living God lives inside of you and I. And when we believe and we receive his promises, we can go about healing the sick. Now, I don't know why it doesn't always happen as fast as I would like for it to happen, but we've got to make sure we've got our belief focused upon the goodness of God. As Pam was saying earlier, we're going to live our lives according to the word of God, not according to our circumstances, our feelings, or even what society says about God. We're going to live our lives according to him. So I want to look through this prayer today, and, and I want to really talk about how we can connect with Jesus I want us to look at this because what I believe Jesus, when he gave us the Lord's Prayer, is really a template for us to understand big picture, big block things that we need to be praying over our life. And so it's not designed to be ritualistic, but it's designed to be a guideline to help us to understand how we are to pray. So they came to him and said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said this in verse 2, if you're following along, Luke 11, verse 2. And he said unto them, when you pray, say. Let me just stop and say right now, some of you were raised in traditions of prayer always being silent. It's fine to meditate and think on the goodness of God, but you constantly find God talking about talking, speaking, saying, I believe, therefore I speak. And so he said, when you pray, say. Some of you need to start speaking out your prayers, all right? When you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jesus begins this conversation with our Father which art in heaven. And I really spent a little, a lot more time last week talking about that. But what he's saying is that the prayer that really matters in our life is when we connect and reconnect with God as a Father. And I say connect and reconnect because it is an ongoing thing in our lives. I, I wish that we didn't get distracted by life. I wish that we didn't have things that we had to deal with. But, you know, we have all kinds of things that we have to deal We have to deal with some junk sometimes, right? We have to deal with some problems, and sometimes those problems distract us. We've got our eyes on God. We're leaving the church, and we're just, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And then we get there, and the waiter or the waitress messes up our meal, right? And they just do something wrong and we start getting frustrated and we start getting anxious and we start moving away from the love of Jesus to the anger of the enemy, right? And what we got to do is we got to recognize there's things that the enemy's trying to bring into your life that are trying to get your eyes off of Jesus and get your eyes off of God the Father as your Father because he wants you to fo focus on the problem. So we've got to connect and we've got to reconnect all the time. The moment I'm getting anxious, the, the moment that I'm, I'm not trusting God, the moment that I'm fearful, I need to recognize I've gotten my eyes off Jesus. Let me reconnect. God, thank you that you love me with an everlasting love. So our Father, which art in heaven. Now, I know for many of you, the term Father is not a very positive term. Because there are many of you that when I say the word Father, it, it brings up negative thoughts in your mind. That you had a father that was absent, he was never around, never, never poured into your life, never gave you. Or if he was around, you wished that he wasn't around because of just how unkind or how mean he may have been. And we live in a world where the importance of father has been diminished because either the, the behaviors of fathers or because society tries to portray fathers as dumb. Have you ever noticed how many times in a commercial the guy's the idiot? 
The women know how to put up the blinds, but the men have the hardest time figuring out how to pull the little string. And it's a constant bombardment actually by the enemy to diminish the role of fathers. Because our, how we view our heavenly father is run a lot of times through the filter of our earthly father. So when we say our father, which art in heaven for many of you, it's a, it's a real challenge. And so the idea that God would choose father seems strange to us. But which, which, by the way, about our fathers, listen, we always need to be forgiving of our fathers. You know, sometimes they just were rascals. Sometimes they just were pouring into your life what was poured into them. They didn't know better. They, they, they tried, many of them tried their best and still missed the mark. So when, when God would talk about the idea of father, it seems strange to us. But Jesus is trying to tell us how God has always intended it to be. That our own, most intimate relationship with God needed to be as a father to understand what God our father really is all about it's one of the reasons why we talk so much about you understanding how perfectly God loves you because we're always running the love of God through the filter of the love of our father or the love of other people in our lives and we've we've got to throw out some of those things and let the word of God wash our mind pure so that we can understand how perfectly God loves you and I today that's a relationship with God that he's always intended to be as a father from whom we would actually find our destiny and our purpose, that we would be defined by the DNA of our Heavenly Father is actually in you and I today that are children of God. That's why the Bible says that when you get saved, you become a brand new creation. God doesn't fix the old you because you have the DNA of the first Adam who sinned and fell and missed the mark, and so because of that, we were all born into sin, but now the DNA of your heavenly Father is in you. Now his destiny is in you. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down today? Ah, it's incredible to, to know. So Jesus begins this connection with and this conversation with our Father which art in heaven, and then he says, Hallowed be thy name, or holy is your name. And and I think this is part of the dilemma that we have as followers of Jesus Christ because if we're really wanting our prayer life to have an impact on us and in our world, we have to begin to understand that the answer to our prayers that we are looking for comes out of a relationship with God. It's not about him just doing things for us. It's about a relationship with God, that yes, he is our father, and we live in a relationship with him, and the power of, of those prayers come out of that relationship. Because I'm in a relationship with God and I love him and he loves me, he does extraordinary things in my life. It's based on relationship. But we also have to understand that he is holy. See, I think a lot of us want God to be intimately concerned about our lives, but we want him to stay out of our business. We, we want him to be involved in those areas where we're inviting him to be involved in, but we don't want him to be invasive, invasive into those uninvited areas. That we've all got some areas, if we're not careful, that we can have in our life, we're saying, oh, no, God, I want you to be intimately concerned about me, but this area right here, it's off limits. I don't really want you messing with this or touching this. You see, prayer is really just a spiritualized word for conversation that changes things. See, you can't get into the presence of God and the presence of God get into you and it not change you. Again, like I said earlier, sometimes we don't see the change instantaneously, so we don't think that we're changing, but we're changing. See, sometimes I pray and I just feel this incredible connection with God. Don't you love those times? If those of you that know how to pray, you just, man, you just almost cry and you're just 
passionately, I'm, I'm a crier when I pray. Man, when God really starts touching me, I start crying like a baby. I don't, I don't know what it is. I know some people laugh. I, I cry and, you know, have these intimate moments. But there's a lot of times I pray that it feels very distant and feels very connected or disconnected. And so what I'm understanding is I have to pray prayers of faith because I know, I know my God, I know who he is, and I know he's at work in my life, whether I feel him or not. So it's conversation that changes things. And see, we want to set the agenda with God. But it doesn't work that way. God gets to set the agenda of our conversations. See, we go to God and say, God, I want to talk to you about my career. And God says, no, I want to talk to you about your character. We go to God and say, God, you know what? I want to talk to you about this person that annoys me. God says, I want to talk to you about bitterness and unforgiveness. God gets to set the conversation. See, since God is a relational God, he created you for a relationship with him. And since he is a holy God, there are, that has ethical and moral implications on your life and mine. It matters to God how we live our lives. It matters to God how we treat other people. It matters to God the choices that we make. See, and this is part of the conversation as we go through the Lord's prayers. We're praying this outline, again, it's being guideline to direct us in connecting with the heart of God. It's, it's part of the conversation that we're having because he created you and I to be holy. In fact, as a child of God, you are holy. Now, we don't understand what holy means because what we think of holy is what we've seen holy portrayed in church in self-righteousness. People that are holy that look down their nose at us and point out our problems. You've got this issue in your life. You've got this issue in your life. Right? You know what holy means? It means set apart. It means that you are set apart from the ordinary. You're set apart from the mundane. You're, you're set apart from just Joe Average. Excuse my, excuse, uh, my apologies to the Joes in the room. You're, you're set apart from this to this extraordinary life that God has for you. You're holy as a child of God. You're set apart. So God wants us to understand what that means because he's desiring for us to become everything that he created and designed us to be. One of the things that, that happens in our lives as children of God is we are living way beneath our privileges as children of God. There's sometimes when I just say that phrase, children of God, that it just like hits me like a ton of bricks to understand that as a follower of Jesus Christ, we're children of God. Wow. It's amazing. So sometimes we're living way beneath our privileges. So he wants us to recognize that holy is your name, is that we have to be careful not to ignore the implications of the holiness of God and the holiness that's in our life, on our lives. You'll never experience the power of God's presence and know the power of prayer that changes you and changes your world at the level that God wants you to operate in until you understand that phrase, holy is your name. And then Jesus continues teaching the disciples to pray, and he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is saying, pray this, that if you want to be a, a part of this thing that is bigger than you, your story needs to be that you understand that you are a son and a daughter of the creator of the universe. 
You are a son and daughter of the, and a child of the Most High God. And you're in intimate communion with him, that God is holiness. And his holiness changes everything about who you are and about what you do. You're not the same anymore. Now, some of the old habits are still hanging around. Have you noticed that on your neighbor that you're sitting next to? They still have some of their old habits they're still working through? That's not who they are. They are holy. They are set apart. They're in process of some of those worldly things falling off of them. And then you get to be a part of this big picture kingdom of God coming. And his will being done, ushered in on the earth. That every time, this happens every time any one of us choose to believe and receive the word of God. That when you read the promises of God, what you are actually reading is the inheritance that you have. That, that you can understand what God's kingdom coming and his will being done is. Listen, you and I don't have to argue about whether God wants to heal. Because he said in his word, by his stripes you are healed. I now know the will of God. I can pray the will of God and understand the will of God. I don't have to ask, God, is it your will to heal this person? Y'all picking up what I'm laying down? We can participate in the kingdom of God coming every time we choose to believe and receive the word of God and do his will on earth just as it's being done in heaven. How many of you know that there's no lack in heaven? How many of you know that there's no sickness in heaven? How many of you know that there's no backbiting in heaven? How many of you know that there's no fighting over petty issues in heaven? Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth just as it's being done in heaven. What's happening in heaven? People are operating in love. They are. Listen, it doesn't mean you let people walk all over you, but it means that, you know what, you recognize I'm not going to allow that person's behavior to determine my behavior. I'm not going to let the wrong thing that they did to me bring unforgiveness into my life. I'm going to choose to believe and trust in every one of God's promises. You become a conduit of God's destiny invading our world. This is where you get yourself in realignment with his purpose and plan. And again, it's about connecting and reconnecting all the time in our lives. If you want to pray in such a way that it matters, you have to be willing to align your intentions to God's intentions, to his will. Listen, God is doing beautiful things in this world, but sometimes we just want God to be focused on our agenda. Rather than starting off saying, God, how can I be a part of what it is that you're doing right now in human history? Just so you know, when you show up here and you give and you serve, you're a part of what God is doing in human history. You're a part of people that are giving their life to Christ. You're a part of people that are growing even right now through the word being taught them in their relationship with God. You're a part of children that are being taught things. You're a part of people coming to know Christ. People, their eternal destiny being changed from hell to heaven. You're a part of that when you participate in it. So we need to ask, God, what are you doing right now that I can be a part of? And when you begin to align yourself with the heart, the mind, and the will of God, it's amazing how answers to your prayers begin showing up in your life. How God begins doing extraordinary things. How things that are bigger than you ever dreamed or imagined begin happening in your life. That's why the Bible says that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or all that you can think. I don't know if I believe that, Pastor Richie. It won't work for you until you start believing it. But if you'll start believing, God, I'm believing that you want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or all that I can think, you're going to find supernatural things start showing up in your life. Have you ever had those moments where you were going in one direction, but you're open to God and God totally changed your direction? 
God started doing extraordinary things. Man, it's happened in my personal life. It's happened in this church's life. When this building came available, we didn't even know about it being available. In fact, it wasn't even for sale. And all of a sudden, God stepped in in a moment. We were kind of thinking about the building we were at. And suddenly, God brought us into this beautiful building. This amazing piece of property that's part of the destiny, purpose, and plan and the goodness of God in our lives. Just in a moment, God began to change everything. And suddenly you find yourself, God being involved in God doing something bigger than you ever asked for. And it surprised you. See, it's as if God just keeps leading you and I to walk, live our lives in alignment with him. To keep redirecting, to live our lives intentionally to follow after him. It's what I said earlier. We can walk out these doors and we've got to be intentional with Jesus being the one thing in our lives. So my prayer for the kingdom come and his will being done is when I get myself in alignment and God begins to answer prayers in my life. Listen, I know that there are things in your world that God is doing that he is inviting you to be a part of right now. Some of you think they're problems. Some of you think that there's situations that you're going, oh God, why are you getting me into this? But it's part of someone else's destiny or part of your destiny for things to change in their life and in your life. And if you'll begin to discover the power of prayer because you're connecting with the Almighty God and you're going to start following after God's will, things are going to start changing around you. And when you begin to place your life in alignment with Him, you begin to experience the kingdom of God coming and the will of God being done on the face of the earth. Listen, God has better plans for your life than you have for your life. I promise you, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll grasp how good he is, how loving he is, how patient he is, you'll just go, God, wherever you want to take me is where I want to be. I used to pray prayers that I was afraid that God would expose me in my failures. Listen, I want God to expose anything I'm doing wrong because I want to get on the right path. Because when I'm doing things wrong, it's hurting me. It's hurting my destiny. It's hurting my purpose. So I want to say, God, show me how to live. Here I am. What am I doing wrong? Let his kingdom come and his will be done. Then he moves from this macro, this big picture of the things that God's doing on the face of the earth, of his kingdom coming and his will being done, to this very intimate micro, smaller scale objectives of, and give us this day our daily bread. And I think it's pretty cool that God lets us be a part of something big. Because it, it is amazing to be a part of something big. All of us are not as smart, or, and one of us is not as smart as all of us, right? And all of us together, there's a lot of brain power in this room. And so you get to be a part of this large thing, and yet God's concerned about you. He's concerned about the one, and so he does this intimate thing, and it's, it's again, pretty amazing that you're a part of this huge thing and this small thing. And what Jesus is saying there is to, that we are to live our lives in total dependence on God. See, we think that that's wrong. We think that we, it's dependence on God when we come to him, but after that, God expects us to grow up and tour and go handle this stuff ourselves. God wants us to live with total dependence upon him, that we are literally understanding that he is the provider of our daily bread, that the air that you and I are breathing right now, he gave it to us. Your ability to work at your job and understand that, he gave it to you. Now, you may have developed some of it, but he gave it to you. Listen, when you understand everything comes from God, it destroys pride in your life. Because there are some of you that are pretty doggone smart in this room. In fact, you're a lot smarter than a lot of the rest of us here. 
And if you're not careful, you can just start looking at yourself and going, wow, look how smart I am, not understanding that God is the one that actually gave you that ability to be that smart. Again, you may have developed it, you may have walked through some things to work through it, but God gave you this memory that you read something and you remember it forever. And it's because of the fact that God has given that to us that we're daily dependent upon him, saying, God, give us this day our daily bread. God, my trust and my confidence is in you. See, I think that there are some of you here today that you simply don't pray enough. That a connection with God has become, because you've seen prayer as a ritual and as a routine, and as nothing really happening from doing it, you're not praying enough. But I also believe there are a lot of you who are not praying big enough. You already understand prayer, but you're not praying big enough. You're, You're trying to survive when God is wanting you to thrive. When God's trying to take you to this whole another level in him where you're fully dependent upon him. So what God wants us to do is to, collectively and individually, we need to stop praying to just hang in there. We need to recognize that, that God wants to work through you and I so that all of history can actually be changed. It may not be on a national or an international scale, but listen, when you change you, you change the world around you. You change your family. You change your work environment. So we're learning to connect with God in such a way that it changes you and it changes the world in which God placed you in. Listen, if I haven't made this clear because I know that some of you have stopped dreaming big because you had some dreams in your heart and then something happened. Somebody walked out of your life. Something changed in your life and, and it derailed your dream. And you've, you're, when I'm saying all this stuff, it sounds a little bit absurd, a little bit too large. So if you're wondering, am I saying that you can affect all of human race by connecting and focusing on God as your one thing? Yes. You can. Some of you aren't sure yet. Let me try that again. You're wondering, are you saying that I, can I affect all of human history by having a relationship with Jesus as my one thing? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. What a tragic thing if we use prayer to use God rather than understanding that we get the opportunity to connect with the creator of the universe, that it's out of the relationship with God, that, that connectedness that we walk day by day, moment by moment with God. He's, he's my one thing, that all of a sudden everything else in my life starts getting fixed, starts being taken care of. So let me close by saying this, because I'm not going to be able to finish this today at the level that I would like to with the rest of the prayer, but he Last line he says there, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's an invitation for you and I to recognize the invitation that is afforded to every one of us to go to our Savior Jesus and to turn all of our debt of sin over to him. That there would be restoration, first of all, in our relationship with him, and second of all, in our relationship with others. You struggle with have a difficult time with forgiving others when you haven't forgiven yourself when you don't understand the level of God's forgiveness that God has already forgiven you of everything that you've ever done you're doing and you're going to do that is the thing that empowers you to be able to forgive others so I want to pray over us today this has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit amarillofellowship.com.